Hey, welcome everybody. It's Food News and Choose Radio. We're going to talk about a company that's not just selling food. Awesome company. They're helping Appalachian. Mm. We've talked before about you know what's mm. going on in Appalachian, what it's mm. going to need to help. And this could be it. I mean, yeah. This could be the big agricultural thing. This could be thing. the thing. Uh, App Harvest, who we, we've talked to during the beginning of the inception, we had some, some people on. Um, their mission is to grow things in eastern Starting Kentucky. Starting with maters. And Appalachia. And started with tomatoes. That's right. Maters. And now, did you know this? We got Travis Parman on. They are expanding to four different I farms. Know. How are you doing, Travis? Yeah. Peachy. How, Thank you. How Peachy. old is the, uh, you might say tomato-y, because that's yeah. how you started, yeah. right? That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true yeah. that way. So what, um, how long has App Harvest been? So officially since 2017, but that was when they just had yeah, laptops okay. and backpacks running around yeah. trying to get interest for the subject and trying to get investment okay. in the project. But the actual opening of the facility was? was um, we did our first, it was... 2021 January of 2021 was what when a we time did our to first start. harvest. <laughs> okay. So that was during okay. the pandemic. During COVID, so we did a virtual press conference. You know, Martha Stewart is on right, the board, right. so we did a press conference with Martha Stewart. We were so nervous packing up that first harvest of tomatoes to send to her cuz she'll tell you flat out if she likes it or not. Yeah, so and that like, carries weight. We're going to mm-hmm. get full brutal honesty and she gave it a thumbs up and we're like Okay. <laughs> and this is all in Moorhead. Started out Moorhead. in Moorhead. Moorhead, yeah. Kentucky. Absolutely. We've got our flagship farm there that is 60 acres under glass, which is more Amazing. than 50 football fields. It's 720,000 tomato plants. Cool. So I think that's about 100 uh, tomato plants for every official resident of Moorhead City. Oh, sure. You know, that was a pretty brilliant business plan, considering we really do need East Coast kind of presence for produce Mm -hmm. all year round you know instead of california south america all that but also there was such an economic and agricultural need for our area which more than i'm learning is is absolutely just centrally located to to service distribute yeah to distribute why kentucky i mean how what what went into the decision yeah so combination of factors Jonathan Webb, our CEO, is a Kentucky native, and he started in solar, so he was doing these big solar projects for the government. He always wanted to come back to create jobs in Appalachia, so that was part of it. Uh, And then the location is fantastic because we've got the resources um, with climate change, with changing weather patterns, Mm -hmm. uh, there's abundant water here um, and we work on 100% rainwater and so that's a big factor. Uh, The retention pond that we have out in Moorhead is the size of 70 Olympic swimming pools. Uh, The other part is access to really high quality talent. We love one of our um, one of our values is faith and grit and you don't find folks with more faith and grit mm-hmm. than in central Appalachia. And that's what you need when you're getting a new business and a new sector started. And then it's access to the population. Cause like you said, one of the reasons that coal was so successful was not just the deposits that were here, but getting them to 70% of the U.S. population within a day's drive. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a major advantage on the for something like fruits and vegetables, yeah. which are perishable, being able to get them when they're nutritious, when they're flavorful, when they're high quality, yeah, yeah. Uh, quickly into markets. So you talked about this, the hydroponic kind of process, the technology behind growing tomatoes at this kind of scale. And I, I got to speak with you before, and you kind of liken this to a robot, like a yeah. like a huge 3,000-acre robot that has all these systems in play. Can you describe to our listeners, like, how does this work? Yeah, like, our chief technology operate? officer likes to call the farm 
one giant robot because it's so highly automated. So um, it's a greenhouse style, so we have a glass roof and it's diffused glass so that you can barely see your shadow when you get in there because the light filters in a way that each plant will get its fair share of sunshine. And then you basically program in, I want this temperature, I want this humidity, I want this amount of light. You can dial in exactly the type of light you want. We start with sunshine, but then we supplement with the world's largest hybrid array of traditional grow lights and LED lights which are 40% more energy efficient. And you can say, hey, I want this color of light because I want to promote blooming. Or I want this color of light oh, wow. because I want to so promote science-y. more tomatoes. So that's growth. the future of farming, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what we say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I, selfish, I, I love the, the mission statement of what you guys are doing for Appalachia. And that, that's great. But when the rubber hits the road, for me, I, I'm happy that we're getting better tomatoes because yeah. people who like tomatoes know that we've gotten used to crappy tomatoes. Over the course of the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, we don't eat good tomatoes anymore. Yeah. yeah. We just don't. Especially when you're from Kentucky and you have those, you know, starting in the late June, you get these heirlooms and all these mm-hmm. varieties, stuff like that. You get to October and you go to the grocery store and it's basically a green tomato, like a, an apple you're eating. There's just nothing. Let me ask you, is that because, like what you said earlier, is that we know like tomatoes are one of those things that don't ship well when they're ripe. So you have to pick them before they're ripe and then you got to bring them from California or you know South America so they they can't be ripe right right and they're refrigerated and that's oh which is a no-no what you want to do to a tomato yeah so so basically what you guys are doing are saying hey we can get these tomatoes in a day's drive to 70 percent of the country the reason we started with tomatoes is because it's the number one fine crop coming out of Mexico so oh, okay. you have all these food miles involved coming out of the extreme southwest of the U.S. and out of Mexico, and we're like, hey, we can do better. That's a huge carbon footprint. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plus, you've got all these questionable labor practices, mm-hmm. questionable pesticide use uh, issues. So it's like, hey, we can do this better, and we can start with tomatoes and then branch out from there. What's well, the uh, What's the uh, makeup of your of your workforce because how many people and what do they do you must have to have some scientist type people on yeah we've got a a dedicated technology group that helps us out on one end and then we've got folks that uh, we call crop care specialists who take care of the plant needs uh, and that's a lot of on-the-job training so we have folks who have a farming background who join we have folks who have uh, warehouse uh, experience Mm -hmm. who join uh, and are people from the coal industry switching over some you know the thing is coal has been on the decline for so long it's almost hard to almost find hard folks to find people. because yeah. they've had to find yeah. something else yeah. to do how, how many are how many are employed years. how many are employed we've got we're right at about 500 500 yeah. jobs and, in, so and they're we, good jobs they're, yes they we are a certified living wage company so that nice. gives you full benefits that gives you um stock in the company so yeah, we wow. do our best to treat that's, employees right. That's what we need. <laughs> that's yes, country... I'm loving that. Now, by the time we get to the four farms by the end of the year, we expect to be closer to a thousand employees. That's just amazing. Now, this We're, is very cool because yeah. they're doing. Not only are they going um, from head. one farm to, to yeah. four, but also they're getting they're adding to the produce. So it's not just gonna yeah, be tomatoes it's not. Yeah, anymore. tell us about that because it's Moorhead, but then Berea yeah. too. Morehead, yeah, Moorhead is tomatoes. And then um, 
Next, we'll have Berea, and Berea is going to be salad greens. Wow. So it's going to be 15 acres. But when you start talking about salad greens, 15 acres of salad greens in this environment is really dense. We think that's going to be the largest salad greens facility in the world. Speaking of the Amazing. greens, it could it be uh, all varieties? You're going to be doing a mixed spring mix, or are you going to concentrate on say romaine, or what do you what do you how yes. do you know which we're ones? going to have about eleven different types of greens that we'll be growing, and then that goes into about three or four different mixes, I think. Because part so this of this is, is experimental; you have to see what mm-hmm. grows under these conditions. I'm telling you right now, for restaurants and uh, on the East Coast, this is a game changer. There's so sure. many fluctuations in lettuce when you're going from South America to California, switching fields. You know, I'm talking Can't about 30% waste where you know you have to peel uh-huh. a lot of brown lettuce off. You don't know how old it is. It's not clean. It's not good. So having that kind of direct drive on this that close is going to be a game changer. We've got a fellow who is such an expert in this area. Um, I like to call him Chief Leaf, and he <laughs> I love he's, he was working uh, in producing for one of the fast food restaurants, and they said, hey, your lettuce is so good, it's overpowering the burger. Tone it down a little oh, bit. Oh, that so is too funny. we got somebody who can say whatever you want, whatever the customer specifications are, we'll get it for you. Now, you had two other locations. Berea is going to be Berea is going to be salad greens, and then uh, Richmond is going to be more tomatoes. So it's basically a cut and paste of what we've done in Moorhead in Richmond with more tomatoes. And then we're going to have berries, um, mainly strawberries, in Somerset. Oh! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this fun. is, I mean, really, the possibilities are endless. You could do yeah. pretty much anything. anything yeah, you and do. you can what? mix in season to season uh, some other crops, too. So we think at some point you we're going to be able, able to squeeze that. in some now, cucumbers. Now, you're not just growing food. You're also doing some work with teaching people about food we and really, recipes, yeah. Chef. I think that maybe we've talked to them about. Well, they brought us Make me a tomato nice pie, by the way. Salsa they're doing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we've got plenty of tomato recipes for you. But yet, in terms of education and and there was something going on you had with students mm-hmm. and then also there's this fight for food kind of campaign right? yeah so a couple things like fight the food fight is our consumer campaign i can mm-hmm. tell you a little bit about and then we believe we need to create an ecosystem here in appalachia that feeds on itself in this whole sector of what's called controlled environment agriculture so you got to learn the high-tech part that goes into that So we like to call it growing our next generation of farmers and futurists. So we have these high-tech hydroponic farm classrooms that we're sponsoring. They're made from retrofitted shipping containers that have LED lights and a closed loop irrigation system, just like we farm with on our big farms. Uh, And that's what allows us to use 90% less water than traditional open field agriculture. Uh, And so we're going to be, by the end of this year, at 12 schools, 12 schools, uh, most of those in eastern Kentucky, uh, a couple in uh, central Kentucky. I love what people are doing with shipping containers now. They're literally isn't that fun? And this is, I mean, talk about the, the, you know, upcycling and and, and Uh not throwing things away. I mean, this is, when I think about this, I get excited because there's no reason 
obviously tomatoes were probably you know a test of con- or you know proof of concept. Then you get into berries, but there's no reason things like avocados or whatever you know yeah, who knows they, what the endless. future. You look at it in five and t- five or ten years how this is going to scale up, and this because it doesn't literally it's be a not even dependent on weather either. Right, you know, right. you don't have those. That's and people, issue. we talked with farmers about this. The average age of a farmer in America is going up because yeah. young people are not getting into farming. They're just yeah. you, the numbers statistically but now, don't. Here's be- a way they can, and now and they, they can. can. Yeah, it's like about yeah. sixty-five is the average age. Yeah, and so we've got to get that next generation in here, and a lot of them come from farming backgrounds, and you know it's hard work. So yeah. a lot of them, especially on a small farm, it can be really difficult to make a living. And so some of them have been turned off because they've had just enough experience to say it's too much. But then when they learn, oh, wait a minute, there are other types of agriculture. Yeah. And if I'm interested in the technology behind it, I can go that route. Mm-hmm. If I'm interested in the growing, I can do that. Or I can do the culinary part. This is so neat. So neat. So four. What are any other plans, any expansion plans, or that's enough for now? That's that's when we hit our path. Uh, we expect to hit our path to profitability when we get the four up and running. And so then we'll see where we go from there. But and our, that will make you, the, if I'm not mistaken, the lar- I'm not sure what the terminology is, basically the largest indoor farmer in the world. That should give us, um, some places don't, they don't actually report it, so mm-hmm. it's hard to keep up. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely are, are going to be one of the largest controlled environment agriculture growers in the world. Now, are there any um, any plans outside of food? Are there any plans for, you know, we you know hemp was something we talked about in Kentucky. It's a, it's a big game changer for, I mean, are there any talks of things in that vein? Our mission is really food-based, mm-hmm. so we want to provide good jobs in agriculture in central mm-hmm. Appalachia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we also want to create a more climate-resilient food system that is sustainable, meaning that hey, we're, we're using only the amount of water that is absolutely needed. We're only using the amount of uh, nutrients that's needed. One of the highest contributors to greenhouse gases is overproduction and overapplication of fertilizer, which then results in agricultural runoff. And because we've got that closed loop irrigation system, we don't have any of those issues. So what that means is there's no dirt involved? Right. Yes. Okay. There's the the we apply the water and the nutrients directly to the root, and it goes into a different like little block mm-hmm. substrate, uh, and then anything the plant doesn't want that it lets go through just recirculate through that system mm-hmm. until it's used. Hmm. Wow. You know this is big technology and yeah. big big thinking, man. It's and right here in Kentucky, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So yeah. all year round, you've got these maters growing, <laughs> and you can ship them out. And what's the re, how how are you being received by the big giant so Kroger's and all tells of those us things? That they can sell every last um, tomato that we can grow because uh, there's a lot of demand. People want U.S. grown, um, and then what they really want, you get the reliability of the quality and the quantity out of controlled environment agriculture. So that's what the big grocery store chains really want. So we've had uh, good reception um, based on that. Now, are your, uh, we were talking about this earlier, you can buy app harvest through grocery stores and you can, mm-hmm. if you're a chef, there are ways you can buy App Harvest, but pretty much it is, you guys are wholesale only. You're selling to, so you got you got to make sure your supermarkets carry them. And if they don't, you can always ask for them, right? Yeah, you can always ask for us by name. We co-brand um, with our distributor. So you'll see little stickers on the tomatoes mm-hmm. that have our Appalachian Hills on them, the double hills. Oh, you can okay. go to appharvest.com and take a look if you're not familiar. Uh, and then they're co-branded with Sunset. 
So you'll you'll see Content, yeah. those, and then with what chefs want, um, then you'll see those are, are directly at Harvest Tomatoes. Yeah, I, like I mean, mm. you know, there's a, a lot of businesses that have a mission, but when there is the mission, and you tie that to a good product, when, when you can help people mm-hmm. and make a more consistent, better product, mm-hmm. that's that's the goal. That yeah. really is the goal, and that's what you guys are doing. And, and, and that's it's amazing. Kind of a one of a kind thing, isn't it? I mean, maybe some European. So uh, we based it on Dutch technology. Dutch. I thought it was Dutch so, technology. Yeah. Yeah. So um, over in the Netherlands, during uh, the Second World War, their supply lines got cut off. And so they lost a lot of people uh, to starvation. And they said never again. And they made it a national priority to say we will be able to feed our own people. And so they started using uh, this greenhouse technology. Um, and then what we did was we took that basic idea added more technology to it, and did it on U.S. size scale. So they have a network uh, of many more smaller outlets, and we're going, you know, traditional U.S., you know, go big, let's do this at scale, sure. let's get efficiencies at What's scale. The, we talk about the efficiency. What's the, like, the production versus, say, the same square, fo- the same footprint of a terrestrial farm, for lack of a better term? Up to about 30 times is, is what we projected. So, so I figured amazing. one or two, may, you're so talking about 30 60, times. Yeah, so that 60 acres, that first 60 acres we have in Moorhead, is more like about 1800 mm. by the time you factor in food waste because food waste can be 30 to 40 percent from field to grocery store shelf so you're looking in the mid 2000 acre range yeah so me, yeah those plants can get tall right you don't ever think about a tomato plant being 30 feet tall but these are huge, right? they can yeah huge. yeah we always say we're like hey if you can get good heirloom tomatoes out of your grandma's backyard that's the route to go yeah but you can't and you can't all year long so um whereas you guys grow tomatoes right well, sure. how, how many tr- how many productive trusses how tall me. how tall do your <laughs> tomato plants get not too tall uh, farmers so, what are the farmers uh do you have relationships with farmers yeah, we so we do CSA boxes uh, for our employees on a regular okay. basis, and so we partner with local groups like Black Soil mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to work with local farmers to do those CSA boxes. But on the size of these tomato plants, they grow for about 10 and a half months. They can get 30, 35 feet tall, have 25, 30 productive trusses on They're them. trees. They're basically trees. Yeah, and they're indeterminate, so they keep producing that whole season. Now, we go offline when the local farmers come online with theirs. Once a year, we need to do a refresh of the entire facility. So uh, we, oh, we put okay. in new plants, and so we go down when you get um, – there's a little bit of overlap, but we go down when the – the open field produce starts coming online in the summer. I think you yeah. kind of answered my question, but that's what I was going to ask is, because when you grow tomatoes at home, your plants last, yeah. you know, from you know, yeah. May you to, if you're lucky, until September, maybe, yeah. possibly, or they just die. You guys can get a 10, you guys can get 10 months of growing out of, so you're talking about multiple growing cycles. You can pick the tomatoes, they'll grow back, and you can keep doing that for 10 and a half months on one plant? Yeah, yeah, these plants, yeah, keep I, growing and producing continuously. Yeah. I gotta tell you a quick story about a Eastern Kentucky yeah. guy, yeah. my dad. Okay. He moved to our house from Eastern Kentucky to tell, help care for our boys, because we were both career crazy people, and we had cleaned out our flower beds in front of our house in a Lexington subdivision, and we're going to plant our 
shrubs and what you do in a subdivision. And I came home from work one day, and he had planted his tomato plants at our in our flower beds. Mm-hmm. And the neighbors were like, oh, no, you know. And Until they these want tomatoes. Plants grew, and they grew, and they grew. And it's like my dad just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And I was, remember being angry at the time. And now I look back on it, and I'm like, you're angry until you're eating a BLT. What a beautiful thing. Then you're happy. <laughs> um, we, we got to a, a, a break, and it was great talking. Um, uh, Travis uh, Parman, right? You got it. Okay. Of App Harvest. If people want to get involved in App Harvest, what can they do? Can they, can they, well, how? How can they help or how can they get yeah, involved? You know, uh, learn more about our story and pass it along. We did a campaign called Fight the Food Fight this past fall, uh, and it was really to educate consumers about know where your food is coming from and the impact its production has on people and planet. Are the people growing your food uh, getting fair wages? Are they practicing good stewardship, you know, on Mm -hmm. resources? You know, are they polluting the environment? Are they taking care of the environment? Just have have those conversations at the dinner table. Look at the stickers on your food. Know where it's coming from and dig into it a little bit. Uh, and if you want to learn more about us, we've got everything on the website. App Harvest, go check them out. And uh, right in downtown here, you can probably just walk in and check out all the stuff. I've seen the the uh, the truck you guys growing tomatoes out of. I love oh, it. yeah. We've got a it's mobile great. greenhouse yeah. as part of it's- that effort. So we've also got uh, a test kitchen over at Grayline. Um, so, oh, that's an so awesome thing. So we've been yeah. having some community yeah. groups come in to spread the word that way, too. You guys are doing great work. All right, got to take a break. Thank you, Travis, for coming in. Uh, App Harvest, go check them out. And this is Food News and Chews Radio.